That's right. You're like, what? The bubblegum's not even wrapped. It's like, well, yeah, it was half chewed, but we refactored it. You know? <laughs> Hey, this is Dave Pryor. Thanks for listening to Drunken PM Radio. You're probably checking this out on projectmanagement.com. I'd like to thank them, as always, for being a sponsor. And today, super psyched, Jim Benson's here. Jim, thank you for taking time out of your morning. It is good to be here. So it's morning for you, and it's afternoon for me because I'm in New York, and I'm totally psyched about that. Um, We're going to talk about some of the new stuff that you've done. But before we get into that, if you're, I'm assuming everybody who's listening is familiar with Jim, known primarily for personal Kanban, Lean coffee, but there's a lot of other stuff that you do, right? Yep, yep. Uh, for example, I've been on this podcast like eleven thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I should hope your I should hope your your listeners would would at least know me from like oh oh it's him again. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um but yeah, so we um we work inside and outside of tech, doing organizational design, uh, lean thinking. And um, just trying to make the world a better place. Okay. Um, and you've got a brand new project that you've been working on called The Agile mm-hmm. Heretic, which has been on it's on YouTube, it's on Medium, um, everywhere your finer Agile videos and publications are found. Um, Rants, yeah. Yes. So <laughs> can you explain how, it, how, how the person that everybody thinks of as the personal Kanban guy is now the heretic guy? <laughs> well, so... Um, in the late 90s, uh, uh, my business partner and I, who at that point, we were both uh, transportation engineers, uh, we got an early copy of XP Explained. And while we were still transportation engineers, we wrote a piece of software called TreePro so that uh, managed urban forests for some of our clients. And it's a long story. Um, but uh, what happened was we went from um, having uh, a window of seeing our finished product of anywhere from like eight months to 20 years to actually being two weeks. And that was enlivening. And so it was so enlivening that we actually quit being transportation engineers and we started a software company. And um, in our software company, we uh, built software for hire. So we had we had to have very quick turnaround times and we were very happy operating in this new field called Agile. And over the years, what's happened is I've watched Agile kind of calcify and solidify because of um, commercialization. Okay. And that's kind of where the Agile heretic has come from. It is the old guard Agile person who's been there since the very beginning who is unhappy about the the um the direction that's going in okay so you're climbing up on your porch getting your grand torino on and waving your cane at all the youngsters in the street that that's exactly it yes <laughs> okay so when you're talking about the way that it's calcified is that like when i when i go through this stuff it seems like there were ideas that were originally there and they sort of normalized and become kind of washed out the same way that in music like an innovative piece of music becomes so standardized everybody's like whatever that's like elevator music now. It's it's funny. It's funny you should say that. We um, we recorded a song years ago that was a talking twelve bar blues song. Okay. And then when we uploaded it to MP3.com, they rejected it because they said that it sounded too much like um, Crossroads. 
<laughs> that's and was, that's and awesome. Like, it's a standard. <laughs> so uh, so there's 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 the standard, and then there. So it's uh, it's like uh, to go for another music reference. It's uh, when uh, in Tears for Fears when or- or- Roland Orzabal says, "Kick out the style, bring back the jam." Um, there was what made agile exciting was that there was a lot of jam in it there was a lot of we're all getting together we can do mob programming we can do pair programming we can do all these cool new things but all of a sudden we reached this point where it's like no you have to have two week iterations and you have to ask these three questions and you have to use these this fibonacci scale and if you don't do these things then you're doing it wrong and that's what we can blame your technical debt on where when in actuality the two-week iterations, the questions, and the Fibonacci scale are actually causing a lot of the um, the anti-patterns that we see. So the uh, things the, they were supposed to fix, they've become the 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 source of the problem. Yes. Okay. And it's, this is it's, it's it's an Orwellian thing. So Orwell said that that every every group that overthrows another group will end up resembling the group that they overthrew. Okay. So, so Ad Nodules basically become Ed Sheeran. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which we must strike down violently. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, so you've put together all these these videos. And for people, I guess the one thing that I was wondering, and I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, but if, if somebody's new to Agile, right, they're not going to know that, you know, story points are being misused or that estimation's being misused or that all these other things are happening, not the way they were supposed to happen, but but in a dysfunctional way. Well, story points are being used exactly as they were meant to, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that, that it's a good idea. So, all right, so let's, so let's, <laughs> let's take that one. Cause, cause where I'm trying to get to is I, I'm, I guess my concern would be that people are going to see, Oh, Jim hates story points, but that's not, you, you hate what they've become or what they were destined to become. No, I actually don't like story points. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, all right. So, so my, my original, I hated story points too in the beginning because I'm a traditional project manager. And I kept saying, why can't you just use time? And then finally somebody said, because it's more than time. You have to okay. factor in risk and complexity. And I was like, oh. And then somebody explained, story and the developers are afraid of committing to time because they don't want to be bound by it. And I was like, okay. So you're just kind of fluffing it up and making a fakey number. And okay, I get that. But that's not um, the way they're working. Well, so um, there's a couple pro- there's a couple things here. One is that almost no one in the agile world has studied psychology or organizational development. And one of the issues is that when we are confronted with an integer, then that engages basically the rational part of our brain, the system two thinking part of our brain. Uh, which normally we want. Normally we spend like way too much time in system one where we're not thinking at all, we're just reacting. But in this case, what happens is we'll give people a bunch of user stories, they'll look at them, and then they will rationalize them away. So they'll say, you know, I think I can do this this quick. I think I, oh, I can, I, I, it took me this long last time, but I think I can do a little bit better this time. Uh, we will always try and uh, want to do our best. And so we'll come up with kind of like this perfect world scenario in our heads, and then that's what we create these story points around. And even if we do it as a group, 
that that still that doesn't negate the fact that Hofstetter's law, which says that human beings will underestimate any complex task, even if they're aware of Hofstetter's law, that just by definition is telling us we can't get around that. So we're always going to underestimate those tasks, and we're always going to smash more things into an iteration than we should. So does that mean we should apply three-point part analysis to story points? It, it means that we... <laughs> Sorry. Yes, that's, 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 that's what it means. Uh, or, or, I mean, or it means that, how do you fix it? Well, for, well, there's a, the, the first thing is that we're trying to smash work into a two-week period, okay. which is never appropriate. So, so from the beginning, the only reason that story point story points are a are a poor attempt to to figure out like how do we smash work into a, an uh, an arbitrary amount of time, right? And two weeks is an arbitrary amount of time, and we know that also because when we go look at any scrum team, their two weeks don't, never are two weeks. There's like maybe a day or two of planning up front. There's a day or five or six of saying, oh, shit, we really fucked everything up at the yeah. end. And then there's like maybe a precious few days in the middle where people are coding like mad, trying to like meet this deadline. But I've, I've seen groups do, do two-week two, two sprints who have five days of hardening. So, but doesn't it, I guess the, the thing, the thing that I, I agree with you, and there's another part of me that thinks, well, the, the container is fake, but it's for discipline. Like John Cutler, I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, and he said that if his team can't finish in two weeks, he goes to one day. Uh, well, that's fine. Uh, and, uh, but what, first of all, what does finish mean? Uh, second of all, do any of these teams who are locked in this rigid two-week death sprint world, do any of them refactor? Well, see, and this is where I would say I would hope that finish means shippable, and I would hope that refactoring is something that they account for when they're planning their work. But that's – that. I, I would love it if that was the case. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, and But so, yes, in, in that – in a world where we choose not to understand what our capacity is, and in a world where we we want to, so so the benefits that we got initially out of the two week iterations was that we received that we spoke more with our clients. Yeah. Um, what we found was that two weeks is awesome for software developers because they're like. They want to build some sort of thing with a rule set in it that says we will talk this often. But um, you, you and I travel a lot for work. Yeah. So we we talk to our families at different rates than other people. Uh, and there's no like one set of amount of time that you need to talk to the other people in your family. Right. So um, I've had clients where I need to talk to them every day. I've had clients that I don't need to talk to them who, who would be happier if I didn't talk to them at all, who I have to like draw out. But what we've found is that the shorter the feedback loops, the better, and the simpler and more understandable the stories that you're getting feedback on, the better. Okay. Uh, what I find happens in the two-week sprints is that people – uh, say how much work can we stick into these two week sprints? So the work is incoherent. Um, the the smashing of the work into the two week sprints is hopeful. 
and there's no measurement at the end to say was that actually a good good experience yeah except maybe two three months down the line when you bring in a consultant to do a retrospective okay so the, the travel thing's been stuck in my head since you mentioned that because that <laughs> is a great ex- i mean i always over i always believe i'm going to be able to do more than i can do in terms of work when i'm gone Mm-hmm. I underestimate how tired I'm going to be at the end of the day teaching. But the other thing, and I want to see if this, if, I, if, if I'm out on an island by myself or not with this one, but when I when I leave to go away, like I have my life and then I leave. And when I leave, everything stops, except mm-hmm. for the rest of the world doesn't stop. It just stops for me. And when I get back, I'm like, what the hell happened? You guys have like moved right. on to another chapter and we were back there. That's and, right. By the clock on your ship, you're an hour older. Right. <laughs> but, but for the developers who commit to work and then get yanked into one thing or another or don't understand what they're actually capable of, it's the same kind of thing. They don't have the time they thought they would have. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is that uh, so what happens is the is the iterative model, the uh, the the current scrum model, the, the sprint model yeah. is a productivity model. It is not an effectiveness model, and it is not a quality model. Okay. And so it's like, how much, how much stuff can we smash into this two-week iteration? And we know, uh, because we've all been there, that that once you once you make that the container, then other people are like, well, what can we get you to shove into that container? So, so <laughs> they, then they game the system because it's the natural thing to do. Yeah, well, and 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 because is yes, because that's the only rule that the system has given them. Okay. The rule the system hasn't given them rules for like this is how we select work to go into that container. Um, once work gets into that container, this is the narrative behind that work. So we'll we'll have like let's say let's say we're building um, LinkedIn. Yeah, and we have this really massive container. Now, all of a sudden, every two weeks, we're doing a couple of bugs. We're doing a couple of new features. We're doing maybe one piece of refactoring if we're lucky. Um, but we're doing a bunch of stuff, and then that stuff is released, and then we expect people to do UAT on it. And so it literally is like walking into a restaurant. Them setting down some like beef jerky and an egg and some bubble gum and and a, and, a, and a glass of beer and say, can you can you taste this and make sure that these are okay? <laughs> That's a really good example. Okay, and then but and all you're saying is, where's my dessert? Yeah, well, or all you're saying is is this is the, the crappiest meal I've ever seen, and they're like, oh no 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 no, these are all components of the whole. When meal. it's in your stomach, it'll be really good. That's right. You're like, what? The bubble gum's not even wrapped. It's like, well, yeah, it was half chewed, but we refactored it. You know? <laughs> so uh, it was a bug. So it, it originally made her swell up really big. You had to roll her away. <laughs> Do you think that? I mean, this is kind of leading me down a path. And you're not the only person right now that's kind of finding Scrum to be not the greatest thing in the world. Um, I think, was, I think I might have been the first, but it's now it's, I'm certainly not the only. <laughs> people have jumped onto your bandwagon. Yes. Um, <laughs> New but, religion. Well, that's the thing. So, is it that the that the religion that we found? I mean, and we've talked before about how you know you said that in one interview that if Kanban was really do what it was supposed to do, it would eventually negate itself because it would become unnecessary and have you'd have a different problem set to fix. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that the agile that 
you know, came around, like when, when X, when the first edition of XP Explained came out, when, when that stuff started, we're still using that stuff to try to solve current problems. Do you think um, that we need new stuff? Well, so, uh, what I think is that, um, uh, and, and I think we talked about this before, but years ago, um, in Belgium, uh, and like one of the very first Kanban, uh, lean Kanban, um, conferences that we had, I gave a talk that said, scrum sucks. Kanban will suck too. And it's your fault. Uh, <laughs> it's all about the positivity. That's right. That's, that's right. If there's one thing I'm good at, it's huggy and feel good. Uh, uh, but the, the, the thing was, is, it, is it, this isn't a bad thing. This is this is the nature of ideas. So my uh, my favorite Abraham Maslow quote was Dr. Maslow, you have changed the way that people think about psychology. Do you think in 100 years people will still be referencing your work? And his response was, I certainly hope not. <laughs> um, so I, I am excited to see what would replace Kanban as the as as a tool uh, to visualize your work and help you, you know, uh, limit your work in progress. Um, I, I'm, I'm totally anxious to see that. And, uh, and what I would hope is that the people who, um, created scrum would be like, Oh, wow, well, we could improve this. And, and now that we're learning that people don't work really well with deadlines, we, they don't work really well with constant stress. They don't work very well with repetition. That, that maybe something that creates constant deadlines that are stressful and repetitive, maybe that's not the basis for, um, for, for a system. But the, the other thing is that there's nothing in any of Agile that says, have you taken a look at how you actually build your software? Okay. We never talk about that. So we don't say, how do you make sure that you build quality and upfront? But that comes under software craftsmanship. I mean, people do talk about that. Right. Uh, they they talk well, about that. To. It's like software craftsmanship, which says, you know, if why don't you go be a craftsman, moron? <laughs> <laughs> but, but what it doesn't say, it doesn't say is, have you actually written down the steps that you currently take to create the software? OK. And 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 at, and so. Even when we had Greyhill in the in, in the late 90s and early 2000s, we always had our teams basically do what has become known as mob programming okay and we did that because we always wanted to make sure that the testing sensibilities were built in at the beginning of the thing so so our, our coders were like we don't want to do tdd we're better than that everything we write is perfect oh you found a bug that's your fault stupid tester right um but when we brought everybody together we found that they did a couple of amazing things one is they wrote a lot less code okay Two, there was zero spaghetti because it was it was caught in real time. You know, it does all the things that we always talk about, but we we, we don't. That's not part of a, a normal Scrum class, right? And and that's the important thing. That that's pair programming for me was like, you know, pair programming and TDD for me were like mind blowing, life changing moments. And those are the those are the things that we we undervalue. You know, we we, we let we let people like Josh Karajewski take care of those for us. But <laughs> you know. do, I mean, what about? I mean, there's all these people that are still finding their way. Like the people that I get in in I just finished a CSPO class yesterday. Nobody in the room knew what TDD was, mm -hmm. and none of them knew what mobbing was. None of them knew what pairing was. 
So there's still these oceans of people that are standing in line, kind of finding their way out of the cave mm-hmm. that we have to slowly introduce. I mean, my experience when, when the first edition of XP Explained came out, I was laughing my entire way through that book. I thought it was a book of excuses for developers not to commit to anything. Like that, <laughs> That's how I interpreted it. I'm like, oh, this is how they get out of it. I love um, it. <laughs> and, and pairing meant one guy plays Quake and the other guy reads a magazine. I mean, that's what that's what I saw happen. So from an implementation... I would, I, for a lot of teams I've met, I would prefer that model. <laughs> but, but there's people that are still... I mean, if we kind of rush them into the advanced... Uh, do you consider an advanced path what you're describing, like that level of mindfulness with your work? Um, yeah. So, well, so there's, there's a couple things. Um, one of the things that's, uh, um, uh, that's always worried me, um, is that people could come to, as you just mentioned, to CSPO class and have none of the prerequisites. Right. Um, so right now we're, whether it's CSMs or CSTs or CS whatever's, uh, we are sort of, and uh, and and even even uh, there's a plethora of Kanban certifications out there, and yep. none, none of which none of which you can get from me. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Just I, swinging his cane at everything as he walks down the street. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, the the, th- the what I what I would like is to see a path of learning. Uh, where people would initially learn about what it takes to create actually a good working environment for yourself and other people. Uh, and then from a good working environment, from the basics of what, a sy- what it takes to design a system. And then when you learn about the basics of what it takes to design a system, then maybe we can get into some other conversations. Yeah. Because... Um, because there is, we're talking about a couple things. We, we keep talking about like how to build better software simply because... We, we suck at it, uh, that there is no software team out there that doesn't have a problem with technical debt. Um, and technical debt comes from us typing it. It doesn't, it doesn't accidentally happen. Create itself. But yeah. on, on the other side, we also don't have any classes for software people about how do you talk to everyone else on earth? So we would say like you got to talk to the customer more, and, there, and so I remember we took a group of developers out in Washington D.C. on the mall to go through like this kind of lean startupy exercise, and they were scared to death to have to actually go talk to people. <laughs> um, and and I mean, and I'm not I'm not making this up, and I'm not actually not being pejorative. This is like a thing in the industry, is the. The, there's a group of us, and I am one of one of that group uh, that that doesn't operate in that way. And so, uh, so when we tell other people do this stuff, we tend to tell them it like it's easy. Yeah, because it's because exactly. it's easy for us. But but um, just just a really quick story, I guess. I'm gonna try to see how quickly I can make this. Um, there is a. Um, a, a nameless foundation named after an ex-head of uh, Microsoft nearby. <laughs> um, and, uh, in, uh, and we did a class with a bunch of their um, uh, 
what do you call it, their um, database administrators. And they, these guys were like literally in the basement of like this beautiful brand new building that was like known for being super light and airy. They were in like the only not light and airy part of the building. And they were saying, you know, how do we talk to our customers more? How do we talk to our customers more? And so when we talked to them, so I go, who are your customers? And they said, well, they're, you know, like the group that does water quality, the group that does malaria, anti-malarials, the group that blah, 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 blah. And each one of these administrators was actually working with a different team. They were already a team member, but they were they were siloed in the basement. Okay. And and so we told them, uh, well, this is it's easy. Uh, does your building have elevators? <laughs> and they said yes. It's like I want you to hit the up button on the elevator <laughs> and then go up to their to their huddle and actually stand in their huddle and listen to what's going on. And they're like, but they're talking about like how to provide water and stuff. I I won't have anything to do with that. I was like, your database is the thing that powers their ability to do that. And but but they ahead. couldn't they couldn't make that distinction because they were just focused on the health and well being of the database. Right. But the moment that we actually got them to go stand with the other people in their in a huddle or stand up meeting, um, they heard what the team needed, and then they're like, oh. Wow, you know, I could actually write a query to help with that, or I could reconfigure this schema to help with that, or I could do blah 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 blah. Yeah, you gather this other data, I could blah 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 blah. Uh, all of a sudden, those people became members of the Gates Foundation, but okay. before they were just database developers, and that's what we do all the time. And that's what, in my mind, that's what the product owner does and the Scrum Master does. They 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 make that wall. And then the rest of the team can't talk to the customer. Aren't they supposed to remove the wall, though? That's the whole point of it. Uh, not according to the uh, Agile Alliance website. Okay. The Agile Alliance website says that the Scrum Master is a protector. See, okay. When I te teach this stuff, I, I teach them that you protect them from like an executive reading a magazine on an airplane who has an idea and wants to do special project time. Okay. But so, you want to get them as close to the customer as you can, get them, create as much connection between the customer and the developers as you can. Like That's the PO's job is to create that empathy there. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, and that's, that's the way that we operated. Um, at Greyhill, literally everybody on the client side had direct Skype access to all of our developers. Yeah. Um, and we found that it was never abused, ever. Not not a single time. Now the the VP scare or the internal extra workload scare, um, the system that is set up currently in Scrum does not inform those people as to what work is going on in real time, what the group's capacity is, and what the current value they're creating is so that they will know the impacts of making a new request upon that group. Okay. And that's the conversation that needs to happen. So right now, those VPs will always come with those requests because they don't they, they see no opportunity cost right. in making that request. Yes. And 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 that's that's an entirely different question, an entirely different conversation that the the current agile methods do not address so whether it's scrum or kanban or i'm not even going to go anywhere near scaling with you in this conversation but, <laughs> but is it is it the tool or is it how the tool is being used 
Well, so, so I mean, there Kanban, are tools out there in the world that are doing lots of bad things that are meant to not do bad things. Oh, totally, totally. Uh, and and that, that's a that's a really long conversation. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, but so so this is this is uh, um, there's obviously there's the 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 Jim and Tony Ann version of Kanban, which is different than 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 David. Yeah. Yeah. And, or 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 the other the other the other versions that are floating around out there. Um, and the reason that they're different primarily is one of the things that we teach in our classes is about something that's called reactance. And reactance is that when I give you a rule, you will react and you will either like, you'll, you'll basically figure out the least cost path to satisfy the rule. And then later on, you'll figure out some way to just completely subvert it and not do it at all. Okay. And so personal Kanban set up with just two rules because of just visualize your work and limit your work in progress, because after that, you can build your own system after after you actually get a little capacity and you understand how your work flows, you can build whatever whatever system you want. OK. And, and the reason the reason that I say that is that I just I want to dispel the idea that, that there's a, a scrum process and a Kanban process because Kanban, you can put up a Kanban and do scrum on it all day long. People, thousands and thousands of people do it worldwide every day. Uh, <clears throat> so that is a, that, so that's, I don't see that as a, as a, as a war. Okay. Really. Um, what I do see is that uh, whether we are talking about one of the scaling frameworks or we're talking about one of the, uh, other other agile frameworks is the more specific that we get in the framework about how to how to actually in build software mm -hmm. that makes it rigid. Um, if we make it light and we say, look, we just want you to get together, see what you're doing, um, and it would be a good idea if you did the following things: if you talk to each other every day, if you met periodically and talked about improvements that you could make. If you set up a system to actually make those improvements, uh, and if you uh, had one-on-ones, uh, that will give you situational awareness, and you can build whatever system that you want from that. And so, like um, one of my clients, uh, R.W. Baird in uh, in Milwaukee, uh, they have over now they have over 15 teams. When I was working with them, they had 15 teams of software developers. Every single one of them had a different value stream. Okay, which meant that they received work from their customers in different ways. They processed the work in different ways. They ensured quality in different ways, and they supplied the customer, you know, with information in in different ways, either information or product. And focusing on that, I think, is is crucial because it lets each of the individual developers understand. This is what I'm doing. This is who I'm doing it for. This is what we're building. And now quality actually means my it's it's my it's not only my job, but it's my professional responsibility. And that that's an entirely different conversation than you will meet every morning and talk about this stuff. We'll get a whole bunch of user stories that come from somewhere and then we'll, you know, put some numbers around them and then we'll smash them out in two weeks and then we'll do it again and again and again and again and again and again and again until we quit. So do you think that you're expecting and demanding a level of engagement that most people are not aware of there being an expectation that they provide or that they just don't even know how to get there in their heads? Well, they might not know how to get there in, in their heads because uh, we've, not, we've not been very good 
as a species at teaching people how to a be responsible and yeah. b and b be good project managers so there's a variety of reasons why people are currently overwhelmed they have too many product projects that they're working on the projects that they're working on are way too big um, the, um, the point of actual value delivery is so far down the road that the actual steps that they need to take today to get there are, are completely unclear. So there's, there's big batch problems just because of the, the weight of the work, yeah. but there's also big batch problems because of the duration. So psychologically, it's really hard for us to plan two or three or four years down the road or even one. You know, we're we're pretty good with a quarter. We're super good with a with a with a, with a month. Um, but we need to understand how we fit into what quality means. So right now, what happens is we have like a coding group and a testing group, and done for coders means handed to testing, not as you put it earlier, deployable. Okay. Yeah. And. And we see that all the time. Yeah. Uh, I, I wish we didn't, but we but we see it all the time. And when you lay that out visually, and you start watching the workflow visually, whether you're doing it in a two week iteration or not, you know whether you're doing it in Scrum or not, I don't I don't care. But once you see your work all the way from start all the way to finish, you tend to own it more. And once you start to limit your work in progress, then when a when a tester finds a problem. You can walk over and pair with the tester and fix it, not write a freaking bug report, go yeah. back, <laughs> you know, and, and it's, you know, you, you saw the whole rant about the DevOps. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the same separate, thing happens with Dev, DevOps is a there. thing by itself. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 when software groups collaborate, they win. When they silo, they die. It's pretty much, it's just that simple. So you keep referring to it as rants. I think for me, the thing that makes it not ranty is knowing that you have the background, like the cognitive stuff in the background, like how the brain works, how people process information and all that, because it, it's like you were expecting them to get there and then they, damn it, they ended up there just where I knew that I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, a news, wow. you know, a great new sound, song comes on the radio like this is, I've never heard anything like this. And six months later, you know, everything on the radio is going to sound just like that. Yep. <laughs> um, can you tell the story about the building? I mean, I'm wondering if you can make some, maybe provide some context around the two, because there's one story you tell in the video series about you being smuggled into a building. <laughs> okay. And, and you want me to tell the story again or? Yeah, if you could, because I want to ask you some questions about it. And, and these, okay. I'm, I'm assuming that some of the folks listening to this haven't watched the videos yet. Okay. So, so this was a, a, a funny thing. So I was, I was in, um, uh, in in Melbourne, Australia, and uh, met up with uh, a group of people from uh, a bank down there, in in the bank's offices in Melbourne, and they were saying, okay, well, we want you to go up to Sydney, um, and uh, and and you know spend a day with a bunch of groups. It says, okay, that'd be great, and so I. Uh, we get ready to get on the plane to go to Sydney and we're going to do a bunch of other things in Sydney. So it's not like, it's not like this was like, well, it was, it was, it was inappropriate, but it wasn't as inappropriate as now. Uh, they, they called and they said, you know what? Uh, yeah. Uh, we, your, your ideas are just too radical. And so we don't, we don't want you to, to come talk to us. So it's like, 
Wow. <laughs> it's like, I've arrived. <laughs> People I, hate I me. Yay. That, I am that dangerous. I am the Aleister Crowley of, of software development. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so uh, flying up there and one of the people on the plane also works at this place and he was like, I really want you to to come. I really want you to come. I really want you to come. He's like, but, but they're not going to pay you anymore, so I know you won't. And I was like, well, you know what? We could figure something out. So the next day, um, uh, sitting drinking coffee and get this call and he's like, can you come down now? And I was like, but I thought I, I, thought I wasn't allowed to come down. He said, well, my team, my team took a – they, they like literally passed a cup around <laughs> and they paid themselves uh, to get me to come down for a day. And I was like, that's awesome and pathetic at the same time. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, so I go down and he meets me outside and we go around to this like loading dock elevator and we literally go up like this padded loading dock elevator and then the door is open and he, we quickly walk down this hall and it's like the only meeting room in the whole building that doesn't have windows. And we go in and we sit down and we have this this meeting. And at one point they say, you know, like, well, we really need some help because we're, we're really not good at our jobs. And I said, well, what's your jobs? They said, well, we're the, the DevOps group. And I'm like. Oh God. And, and he's like, so, okay, what's the DevOps group do? He says, well, you know, the people in, in the development, they finish stuff and then they give it to us and we deploy it. I'm like, I'm like, uh, so the developers come and help you deploy? No. You have developers on your group? No. It's like, okay, well, so in the States, we don't call that a DevOps group. So what do you call it? Said, we call it suckers. You are suckers. <laughs> you are an ops group. And so here's another question. Each time you deploy something, do they give you more headcount? They're like, no, why? I was like, you do realize that you maintain things. So the more the more things you deploy, the 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 more work you have. They're like, oh, we never thought of it that way. I'm like, oh, oh God. And, but that's, uh, that's the thing. They've never thought of it that way. It never even occurred to them. It never, it never occurred to them for a second that the more things that they deploy, the more work that they would have. Yeah. Not, not even, not even for a second. And so then I said, okay, well, and I, and they said, but it's okay because the developers got agile down, which of course, like immediately made like no my you know, blood pour out of my ears. And I said, uh, <laughs> so I said, so great. So that makes your life a lot easier. Cause then when they give you the work, it has no bugs. It, you just, you just flip the switch and Perfect. it goes. Yeah. And they said, no, 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 no. We have to like fix all the bugs. We have to do this. We have to do that. And they, they're they really busy, so we really can't talk to them. So we kind of have to figure out what's wrong. And I'm like, well, you but know. That, that, that buggy code's not going to make itself. That, 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 well, not only is it not going to make itself, <laughs> but it is apparently not going to fix itself. And these people were getting, they were getting hammered by management because they're like, the developers already had their, their pizza party for the deployment. Why the hell isn't my software deployed yet? Yeah. And and uh, um, bless their hearts. Uh, the <laughs> well, people that I was talking to could not had no mechanism to communicate back. Uh, number one, you gave us a big steaming pile of Facebook. Uh, number two, <laughs> you uh, you um, you didn't give us any instructions on how to deploy this. Uh, number three, when we did deploy it, it broke two other things. Number four, blah, 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 blah. They had no mechanism to say that. Yeah. 
so uh, you know, all all that we could do while sitting in the room was give them certain, uh, you know, tips. tell them things they don't want to hear. This is that this is. I mean, I'm <clears> assuming <throat> this is why you had to be smuggled up in the elevator because a lot of what you're talking about is going to hold a mirror up that people don't really want to look in, yeah, or they don't even know to look at it. Yeah, because their their agile coaches knew that talking about capacity and quality was not going to go well for them. Right. Better to talk about points. They're there. They're there to talk about. They're, they're there to talk about the velocity. Yeah. And uh, you know, if there was ever, if the world could come up with a more meaningless metric than velocity, I would be challenged to. Just, I, I would love to see it. I would. So, I would pay money to see that. So, what do you want? What do you want to have happen with Agile? Like, where do you want it to go next? Um, Other than away uh, from what where I would it is. love to do is, I would love to have somebody who's not me. <laughs> I uh, and not because I want to avoid the work, but because uh, I don't want to be seen as the next person selling something. Right. Um, the reason that we know that Agile has become a religion is because whenever anybody tries to invent something new, it both gets co-opted by it. Agile. <laughs> well, no, Agile it gets co-opted into Agile. So Agile initially went, we hate, we hate Kanban. Um, we'll do Kanban. We invented Kanban. Right. Uh, that's that's kind of been the arc of that story. Um, there are a lot of groups around the world right now who are like trying to figure out what is the next steps for Agile, but nobody's really talking about what's the next step from Agile. And, ah. and the, so the the problem is like when we when you're moving up a rung on the Kuhnian ladder, uh -huh. uh, when you're making that Kuhnian step, you can't do it with the same terminology. You need new new words. Yeah. Yeah, you can't go from Newtonian physics to Einsteinian physics and use exactly the same language. <clears throat> so um, the language isn't going to be Kanban because Kanban's just a tool. Okay. Kan Kanban's the hammer that you use to build the Sistine Chapel or that you, you know, used to build, you know, the Freedom Tower. Okay. <clears throat> same same hammer. Uh, Kanban isn't a thing. It's Kanban's just. Well, Just, couldn't it couldn't it be the thing that you used to figure out why it's taking you so long to build the Sistine Chapel? <laughs> well, yes. I mean, that's just it. Is that, I mean, the, the tool can still be used. Okay. But I don't see Kanban it's as not the a thing by itself. Step. Okay. No, it, it's not the Kuhnian step. What is the Kuhnian step, or what I, what I believe is the is the Kuhnian step, is the realization by the software community that we, as software developers, have a responsibility. To build good software, okay. Not not to flip a company, not to get funded, not to go IPO. That's that, those aren't our goals. Our goals are actually to build good, tight software. The, there's no spaghetti. There's no bugs. There's an understandable product at the end that anyone in the world could could maintain. Yeah. Um, that. Taking that, taking software away from Silicon Valley and giving it to to some other location that might be more quality focused and less productization focused. And care for it better. Yeah, that that I think is the next Coonian step because that's what gives us as software developers a constancy of purpose. It gives okay. us a reason to wake up in the morning and go to work. So I mean imagine like those database guys 
and they were guys, we had to convince them that their work was helping people. Yeah. They had no connection between their database and what was happening on the upper floors, but they were providing clean drinking water. They were making, they were, they were, they were radically reducing the amount of malaria in the world. They were providing vaccines. They were providing logistics. They were doing all these amazing things, and they thought that they were just updating SQL Server. Because and, yeah, nobody had explained the difference to them. Yeah. Right. And um, so right now, uh, our biggest product project that we're working on is with Turner Construction. Uh, we, as of today, have talked to zero people in IT at Turner. We're actually okay. building building the buildings, um, which in, which goes all the way from sales all the way to, to occupancy. So from okay, so you, initial, I, you're doing the whole the whole system there, the whole system. Okay, and the interesting thing, the reason that that I've that I've personally stayed there longer than with any other client since we started Modus Cooperandi now. So I've been there, you know, I'll be um, uh, now, it'll be two years in a little bit. Wow. Um, uh, so I guess that's not the longest, uh, but it it's definitely been the most intense because we've been there like two weeks a month uh, for the, um, but the reason that we've stuck that out is because they, they really understand what they do for a living. Okay. And the management and the, everyone in the company really cares about each other because Unlike software, they can die when they go to work. And yeah. people do. People do from time to time, you know, for much, yeah. much more often than they do in software, yeah. actually get killed at work. Yeah. Um, then they do amazing things to, to keep everybody safe, but it's, a, it's, it's hard work. And it's very deadline driven and it's very high stakes. So, you know, one of the buildings we're working on is, is $1.6 billion, just like one building. Right. Um, and we're working on, you know, about a dozen dozen buildings at the moment. Um, but they have amazing constancy of purpose. They really know why they're there. So that's the mindfulness is the thing that, I mean, I don't want to use that word, but I don't know a better word. I do. Okay. <laughs> what is I'll it? Use it. I, m mindfulness. No, I'll use the word mindfulness. Okay. Okay. I just, I feel like it's, it's, it's like pivot. People use it too much, but a level of engagement. They're engaged with their work and their professional lives at a level that many people aren't. Many people are asleep at the switch because they've been told to be that way and they've been allowed to be that way. And that's, and that, and, and for me, that's like my takeaway from all your videos is wake, wake the hell up. Yeah, well, and um, they, we get stuck in a situation. So a lot of the people listening to this podcast are probably working on five or six projects at once. Yeah, and filling out Gantt charts too. Yeah. And, and that is that, that's why we're all, that's why, that's why we're all unhealthy. Um, and the, at, um, again, back at, at Baird, when we took people off of the eight to 12 projects that they were working on, plus special projects that they weren't telling other people about and got them to focus on one project, they finished that project very, 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 very quickly, which meant that Baird and Baird's customers benefited from that project much more quickly. And because they were focused on it, the quality went way up, which meant that it was actually likely to not just work, but but to but to continue working in the future. Yeah. And and so <clears throat> right now, everybody's working on a bajillion projects. They're all taking a lot longer than they need to. 
They're all constantly task switching, context switching, screwing themselves up. And they do that because we're not, we don't see our work. So if we don't see it, then we're just going to, we're just going to uh, load ourselves up. Do you, do you find that that is, and I promise after this, I'll, I'll try to wrap it up, but do you yep. find that that is something that people often lose sight of when they start to use Kanban? I feel like everybody forgets about the visualizing part. Well, um, I should hope, I should hope. Not. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't get away from it, but they, they get so caught up in whip and things like that, that they don't think about, oh my God, look at all that crap on the wall. Oh yeah, definitely. So, so that's one of the things is, uh, in, uh, in the next version of the personal Kanban book, uh, and in some of our upcoming prod products, um, we're trying to build frameworks for boards that cause people to question the work that is in options, uh, question the work that is in doing and question the work that is in done Okay. by, by the, the structure of the board. Cool. Um, so the, the doing column or the, uh, the options column, uh, ha will have like either a triad or a two by two matrix or something where before you do anything, you're already, um, you're already being forced to question, you know, is this the right thing to be doing? <laughs> totally is this defined that. well? <laughs> is this, you know, et cetera. And then when it's done, so like one of the things that I, th I may have mentioned in, in, in one of the heretic videos, but it's also coming up in the, in the learning organization online class that we're making is that, um, the notion of having a retrospective is extremely important. Yeah. Waiting two months for it Unsound. Is, is, is literally like waiting 12 months to have your baby. Yeah. Um, it's way too long. Uh, the, so we need, we need faster feedback. So what we counsel people to do is when we're in our classes is when you get to the end of the week, take 15 minutes and just look at what's in the done column and, you know, sort it into three areas. Like, did I enjoy this? Did I not enjoy this? You know, et cetera. Okay. And, uh, but, but give yourself that retrospective once a week. Um, there's, there's, there's a, you know, a lot more touch that, that we need. Uh, and the reason that we get stuck in that product in that, because I, I do it too. Uh, so, you know, you like me, uh, I'll travel for three weeks, then I'll get home and I'll have like one precious week to get tons and tons of stuff yeah. done. <laughs> You've totally right. overpacked with too much. Yes. yes. And so, so what happens then is that my home time becomes completely zero relaxation because yeah. I'm in productivity mode. And so, um, what that's led me to do, actually Tony and me to do is to choose less projects. Okay. So, so modus modus willingly and knowingly is producing less things than we're physically capable of doing because we would like to live to be 95 and not 75. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and so what we found then is that just like any other whip limiting exercise, now we ask a lot more questions like, do we want to do this small project or do we not want to do this small project? Because we know we only get two of them. Okay. Whereas before we pick five or six and then you could get two really valuable ones and then four that just seemed like really cool. Um, 
So I, I find that I will pick all the stuff because it seems really cool. And then I get so burned out. I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to sit here and play my guitar all night long and not do any work. And then I'm even more stressed the next day. <laughs> there is a, uh, yeah, the problem with being uh, both creative and intelligent is that there is an infinite number of things to do in this world. <laughs> and, and as Alistair said on a podcast one time, an infinite number of things you won't be able to finish. Yes, yes. Doesn't matter yeah. how much you do, there's always that much more you didn't do. Um, yeah, and that's, that's what, the, at the beginning of the personal combo book, one of the first things we say is, just know you can't finish everything. Yeah. So um, you mentioned the classes. Can you, before we talk about the personal Kanban at scale seminar that you're doing, can you talk about your upcoming classes? Okay. Um, that was a joke, Jim. <laughs> I, just, I was waiting for the question. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, as you can see, also like I, I am, I'm also just really good at, at uh, deadpanning it. <laughs> um, so uh, right now on the Modus Institute site, we have two classes. One is a distributed teams class, and the other is a personal Kanban class. Uh, like all personal Kanban classes, it gets into the psychology of work and and how to set you know uh, um, goals and priorities and share your work with other people and collaborate and things like that. Um, and uh, then the next class that's coming up is a um, uh, class that we're having trouble naming. <laughs> uh, but in essence, uh, if I if I wanted to if I wanted to just uh, be like everybody else and make money off of Agile, it would be called building an Agile learning organization. Okay. <laughs> but we'll just say it's called building a learning organization or building Center a of learning organization. Yes. Center of uh, yes. Um, the center of excellence. Yes, that's right. Building building a TQM center of excellence <laughs> for, at scale. Exactly. <laughs> Technology um, agnostic. Yes. Yeah, that in there too. <laughs> but um, but basically, what that does is is it sets up. We're really good uh, at um, doing stand up meetings, uh -huh. and we're pretty good at scheduling retrospectives, but not really good at doing them. And some people do some lean coffees, but the overall learning arc of an organization is um, that you understand what you need to do, you do that stuff, you monitor that stuff to see what's what uh, improvement opportunities there are, both in making good things better and 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 fixing things that aren't going as well. You have open discussions to make sure that you're harvesting inf harvesting ideas from people in a relaxed environment. Okay. Well, one of the worst things in the world is every two months to get people together and put up a plus delta yeah. and say, what went right and what went wrong? And people are like, oh shit, I better come up with things that went wrong. Uh, well, what went wrong is uh, Dave Pryor's an idiot. That's what went wrong. We all tired that to Dave. begin with. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there needs to be a mechanism to not just learn in the team uh, uh, Agile is really good at protecting the team, but not very good at talking about the org. But getting that information out of the team and to the other teams. Yeah. So to actually to actually create an ecosystem where information goes around. And um, so we've you know we've oh my god we have had we've been blessed with being so many places and seeing so many things. So there's I, I complain a lot I know, but I've seen so many wonderful things. Uh, I've seen like Commonwealth Bank of Australia. They did some amazing things that just thrilled me. Wow. Um, uh, uh, Riot Games was was just a, a joy to work with. 
uh, Spotify and Library Corporation, we invented some some cool new things. Um, so uh, don't don't think I'm all I'm all cranky all the time. Well, so that's yeah, that's the thing. I was <laughs> the thing I find with people, and I've had the same kind of things with Ron Jeffries or people who seem kind of irritated by the current state of things. There's these moments where there's just nothing but just admiration and love that come out of them. I was like, what the hell just happened here? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're so, so, and, and to be perfectly honest, I mean, everyone, everyone has seen that from time to time, uh, uh, Ron and I will get each other's dander up like on Twitter or something. I love Ron. I, I love Ron Jeffries to death. Uh, and, um, the first time agile number, number, number asked me to be on the stalwart stage. Um, uh, my demand was that I, I I did it with Ron. Oh wow! It was Ron and Chet. So Ron and Chet and I sat up there, and that's and awesome. We, it, it was it was a riot. I loved it, and uh, you know there there are there's a lot of there's a lot of charlatans in the industry that just want to make money off of Scrum. Yeah, and I do not count Ron Jeffries as one of them. Uh, uh, I think that Ron Jeffries is the ultimate scrum butt. I think that any Ron Jeffries team you go look at, it's not going to look like scrum. Yeah, but it's going to work. <laughs> it might work though. But but it's going to work. <laughs> but it's going to work. I have I have total faith in in in, in Ron. Um, he's 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 awesome. Cool. All right. So you mentioned the stalwart. So let's. Well, first of all, the class you were just talking about. When is that going to yep. be ready? The uh, class. <laughs> that was the reverse um, segue there. That, that was the reverse segue and, <laughs> and the, the ultimate embarrassing moment. Okay, so I will go out on a limb and I will promise that that will be ready in August. Okay, and and whenever you whenever it's named, we will put the link into into the show notes. I'm also I just want to mention this. I'm going. You use the word Coonian like seventy five times. I'm going to put a link in there for everybody who doesn't know about the Coon Cycle, so people can yeah. go and look at that. Um, you've I, got. I geek out from time to time. <laughs> I, well, I had to look it up, so I'm like, if I don't know what it is, I'm sure they don't either. Um, you've got you're going to be a stalwart again this year, right? Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah, this is the. And it was funny because uh, Tony Ann was like, you know, after that series, they're going to totally uninvite you, and uh, and obviously they. I would didn't think because... those people would be jumping on jumping on that right there with you. Yeah, people so that it's, run the conference. It's... Well, I'm hoping so. Uh, well, and and that's the thing. It's it's one of the it's one of the things is that uh, I tend to go to Agile every other year. Um, uh, I took a break for a while because I couldn't take any more Gaylords. Uh huh. <laughs> There was an excessive amount of Gaylords there. there. Was excessive amount of Gaylords. So at one point I was like, no, no. It, the moment you cannot go to a Gaylord, call me on the phone. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> but um, what I've always appreciated about going going to Agile is um, uh, that I am – I guess it, it's – I'm second sum it up with the last time I went. So the last time I went, I sat down, and this guy stands up. He says, okay – Every time you come, you like completely blow something out of the water, and and so I actually went through the list, and I, I've come to the conclusion that there's nothing left in Agile that you could blow out of the water. Uh, she said, "So what is it this year?" And I was like, uh, "User stories." And he's like, "User stories are perfect. You can't blow user stories out of the water. What, what could you what could you possibly replace user stories with?" And I said, "Hypotheses." And he's like. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so what I've always appreciated about Agile is that like nobody's 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 knifed me in in or anything. So it's it's been a it's been a it's been a good experience, uh, and I um, 
the agile community as a community still wants to think about these things. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping that there's a way that we can un, um, unproductize uh, what has become an overly productized thing. Well, I think for I all like the people that are productizing, there's still people like you and like Ron and other folks that are so passionate about getting it to a, you know, whatever it was actually supposed to be in the beginning, that maybe that'll be somehow avoidable. Well, but the problem, I think, for me, and just, just to end this on a completely controversial note, uh, the problem for me was uh, Snowbird 2. Okay. When, you, when everybody got together and they said nothing needs to change. Uh, I don't even. So a, when was this? When did this happen? I don't even. Um, I'm it was totally. Of, it was like now about two years ago. Oh, well, when they went back for the ten year thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and okay. they looked at the thing. And they said, "How do we want to update the uh, the thing?" And they said, "I oh, know it's perfect." And it's it sounds like, like no, a Monty Python skit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. That's right. Hey, <laughs> continuous improvement. Uh, inspect and adapt, people. What should <laughs> we do? Oh no, no, no. This is this is perfect. Uh, the, the committee has decided that the committee is infallible yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and that really bummed me out. Uh, that made me so sad, uh, because that let me know that if they really did think that 10 years later, there was like no reason yeah. to update it. But that's also, that but you would, I would think that you would be saying that that's exactly what you would expect to have happen anyway to anything. Well, um, there's a difference between... Um, uh, curmudgeonliness and hopefulness. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, All right. That's and, fair. Uh, and um, uh, so sure, I could I could sit there and go, oh man, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. But the fact is, is that, uh, um, uh, there's a lot of the people in that room that I that I love. Yeah. Uh, that that are that are friends and uh, um, the 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 basic structure of the agile manifesto is fundamentally flawed and no one no one apparently said you know these overs are creating a toxic environment in which people are working yeah <laughs> can we come up with a different word than over yeah uh, yeah uh, and the thing is is that this is it's a very software way of thinking because they're like no the code is sound the code has internal consistency because the code, the code might be has sound if people are using it wrong. It's not helping anybody. Well, or if you put it into a different interpreter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they wrote really awesome C code and put it into uh, you know a, a Java you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like what you know. So even at the though at the bottom it says we value the things on the right or the left over the things in the right, but the things on the right still have value. That that fine print doesn't work for the brain yeah and um uh there those people in that room were smart enough to come up with something better and uh a lot of people have said why don't you rewrite it and i've gotten very close to doing that several times but i kind of feel that that's dicky maybe you should go just hammer the indulgences into the door that's, that's right. <laughs> that's just it. Yes, it's 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 um it's blood splattering time. Um, but um, I yeah it. <laughs> so so you're we'll wrap it up. So you're going to be at the you Agile conference, right? For that too. Yeah. So you're going to be at the Agile conference this summer. Are there any other speaking events or anything like that you have coming up in the next couple months? Nope. 
Okay. No, I have taken a. I've taken uh, last year. I took a. Uh, this is at the end of an eighteen-month break from software conferences. So, okay. and uh, yeah, they can go to Modus Cooperandi to find out about the online classes or any other stuff you're doing. I'll make sure to include a link to Medium um, and to the videos as well. And they can find you on Twitter, which I'll have a link to that also. Perfect. Is that all of it? Did I get it all? Um, yeah. Uh, well, no. There, trust me, you don't. Your want Pinterest to page. My Pinterest, <laughs> my 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 digital footprint is as big as my my carbon footprint. So, <laughs> cool. All right, well, Jim, thank you. This was really great. It was great catching up, and I really always always appreciate um, you taking the time to talk to you. And I'm hoping that when you're at the conference this summer, maybe we can do a video podcast while you're there. And I'll I'll try to dress like Ed Grimley and hang my instead of Pat Sajak, I'll just put a picture of you on the wall behind me. <laughs> that would super be awesome. weird. <laughs> Cool. All right. Thank you. You bet.